Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. Good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? Come on, stand up if you would. You're going to be sitting for a little while. It's okay. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you look so much better than last week. Come on, just give him some encouragement. You're getting better with age. Hey, we're going to pray in just a moment, and uh, such a joy to be with you, and just honored to be uh, here. You're having a fantastic church. Pastor uh, Mel and Pastor Kim are doing it. Aren't they amazing? What a blessing. And they're, they're beautiful girls, and uh, just, they have a great staff and team, and uh, it's just such a joy to be with you. I want to jump into the message in just a moment, but I like to uh, begin each time I speak with an attempt at humor. Is that okay? So I've been doing dad jokes uh, lately. I'm not going to do dad jokes tonight. If I, if I was going to do dad jokes, I had a couple. Uh, I'm not going to do I have another joke, but the one I was going to share was I ordered a giant duck at a fancy restaurant last night, and the bill was huge. Not going to share that one. Um, I was going to share, people said I'd never get over my obsession with Phil Collins, but take a look at me now. Okay. So I'm not using those because they get worse, but I do have one for you real quick. A little girl asked her mom, how did the human race appear? Her mom answered and said, well, God made Adam and Eve, they had children, and all of mankind came to be. Two days later, the little girl asked her dad the same question, Daddy, how, how did... Uh, uh, you know, how did the world uh, come to be? And dad answered, well, many years ago, uh, there was a big bang and monkeys and the human race evolved over time. Confused, the little girl returned to her mom and said, mom, how's it possible? You told me the human race was created by God. Dad said that we came from monkeys. The mother answered, well, dear, it's actually very simple. I told you about my side of the family. Dad was telling you about his side of the family. Again, <laughs> turn to your neighbor and say, I hope it gets better. All right, good to have you here tonight. Go ahead and grab a seat if you would. Tonight I want to talk to you about the honor key. Would you, would you repeat this after me? Would you say honor? I want to teach you something. In fact, we're going to end here in just a few moments. It's a slogan that we've uh, adopted and adapted into the life of our church, and it goes like this. Honor up, honor down, honor all around. Would you say it with me? Honor up, honor down honor all around. So we're going to close uh, with that in just a, just a few minutes, but before we get there, I have uh, a message I'd like to share with you. Uh, by a show of hands, and if you're online, you can you know, wave your hand. We won't see it, but you can participate as well. Uh, how many of you have ever been to Disney before? Where's our Disney people? Well, if you, if you go uh, whenever it's your birthday, your anniversary, uh, you can stop by uh, their, uh, uh, where their guest services are, and they'll provide you a button that says, Happy Birthday. They'll write your name on it or Happy Anniversary. And uh, we were there, uh, I think it was in the last year or two, uh, my wife and I, and she was really excited that I would have a birthday button on. I said, honey, I don't want a birthday button. She said, you're going you're gonna to wear a birthday button. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and so we went and we got the birthday button. And what happens with the birthday button is, is as you go around the park, whenever the workers see that, they say, happy birthday. And, and even if you're standing there watching the parade, uh, you know, the Disney princesses and the different characters will be on the floats. And when they look into the crowd, they're looking for these buttons and they'll say, they'll kind of whisper it. And, and they do all of that 
to honor. They do all of those things to, to try to, uh, to force that to happen, to have a culture of that in their parks and, 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 and that experience for their guests. Now, here's the thing with honor. Honor does not come naturally. It's something that our culture kind of fights again uh, against. And I would say, you know, uh, honor is lost in our culture, but the truth w- would be that honor is actually, it's pretty well dead in our culture. But I believe that especially as the church, that we can bring honor back. And so I want to share some thoughts with you and encourage you and uh, hopefully help you. And the Bible says, let me jump in with this scripture. Romans 12 verse 10 says, love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Now the word honor means to value, to respect, or highly esteem. To treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Now, uh, it comes from that idea of to add weight to. It's from a, from a time that, uh, where they would weigh the shekels to determine the value of the coins. And it's this idea in the Bible where it's saying, you know what, whenever you honor something, you put value to that. You respect it. I like to say it like this. When you honor something, you treat it as if it's irreplaceable. Now, the Bible is a book of honor. The first four commands are about honoring God. The next six commands are about honoring one another. And honor is not only a Bible word, but it's, it's something that God has called you and I to do and cooperate with. Uh, here's a few examples in, in the scriptures. Honor your father and mother. Honor the Lord with your wealth. It's an honor for a man or a woman to avoid strife. Let marriage be held in honor. And uh, it says to honor everyone. Now, uh, earlier today, uh, we had uh, breakfast at the hotel, and my daughter had, uh, she had um, a waffle, and I said, honey, what would you like on it? Would you like, you know, uh, some whipped cream? Do you want, mom wasn't there, so I said, would you like some whipped cream? Would you like extra sugar? Would you like some syrup? And she spotted the dark chocolate, because she knows, because she's been raised in my household, that dark chocolate makes everything better. Come on, somebody, are you with me? I mean, some of you say it's ketchup. You put ketchup on everything. You put ketchup on potatoes. You put ketchup on sushi. Come on, where are you? Yeah, and so, see, with dark chocolate, ketchup, all these things, salt, we all have our things. We say, you know what, if you add that, it makes it just a little bit better. I just want to tell you tonight that uh, businesses are better with honor. Families are better. Marriages are better. People are better. Neighborhoods are better. Preachers preach better. Uh, Churches are better. And nations are better when honor is present. And I want to encourage you, it's time for the church to arise and say, you know what? I'm bringing back honor in my life, in my world. I can do something about it. And God's going to take my life to a whole nother level. Come on, are you ready? So a couple thoughts I want to give to you. You can write this down if you're taking notes. Honor will elevate your life. Dishonor will deteriorate your life. I want to take you to a story quickly in Genesis chapter 9, and it's a, it's a story of Noah. Have you ever said to yourself, you know what, why doesn't God just get rid of all the evil in the world? And why doesn't he do that? Well, he actually did that, and it was called the, the Great Flood. And after the flood, uh, Noah and his sons and his family, they were in the land. And uh, the Bible says the sons of Noah who came out of the boat with their father were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham is the father of Canaan. 
From these three sons of Noah came all the people who now populate the earth. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground. He planted a vineyard. And one day he drank some wine he had made, and he became drunk and laid naked inside of his tent. The world was really bad. God wiped away all the evil. They get off the ark, and Noah gets hammered, and he's butt naked in his tent. And God's thinking, really? We just dealt with this. Now look and see what happens. Uh, The Bible says that Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked, and he went outside, and he he went on Twitter, and he went on social media, he went on Instagram and said, guess what happened in my family today? And he began to sow dishonor. He told his brothers. Then Shem and Jephthah took a rope, and they held it over their shoulders, and they backed into the tent to cover their father. And they did this. They looked the other way so they would not see his nakedness. When Noah woke up from his stupor, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Then he cursed Canaan, son of Ham. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Then Noah said, may the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed, and may Canaan be his servant. May God expand the territory of Jephthah. May Jephthah share the prosperity of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Noah lived another 350 years after the great flood, and he didn't get drunk any longer. I added that part in there at the end. Now, I just want to go with this thought for a moment. When you honor someone, you honor them for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. And what happened in this story is they learned something that that I think we can kind of lean into just a moment. Honor elevates, dishonor deteriorates. Both groups of people knew what their father had done. The son said, hey, we know what happened. One son said, you know what? I'm going to expose my father's nakedness. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to shame him. I'm going to dishonor him. The other son said, you know what? We're not going to cover up, but we're going to cover over. Because we love our Father, and so we're going to honor Him despite His weakness. See, we honor people when we celebrate their uniqueness rather than criticizing their weakness. Did you catch that? Let's back up and rewind for a moment. We honor people when we celebrate their uniqueness rather than criticize their weakness. We're in a culture that loves uh, to drink the haterade. We love to fight online, and we love to, did you hear about so-and-so, and and gossip, and all these different things, and our culture thrives on it, but God desires that we would elevate our lives by choosing honor. Now remember, the, the, the son that chose to dishonor, what's the Bible say? It says that he was cursed, but the other two sons that chose to honor, the Bible says that they were blessed. Honor elevates, dishonor deteriorates. Uh, The Bible says in Philippians 2, it says, uh, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride, but in humility consider others more important than yourselves. Proverbs 18 says, Humility leads to honor. Here's the second thought on honor I want to give to you. Honor will unlock the possibilities of heaven. A few years ago in Washington, D.C., A man quietly took his place against a metro wall. He pulled out his violin. He put down a a hat for people to leave tips in, and then he began to play. On that particular day, he played six different selections from Bach. During his performance, several thousand people walked by that metro station. Some stopped by to listen briefly. Others rushed, rushed past very quickly. On several occasions, 
children stopped and they kind of leaned in and listened almost as if they knew something special was occurring. The beggar, quote unquote, on the street that morning was not your typical person, but he was the world-renowned Joshua Bell. The instrument, instrument that sang in his hands was a violin valued at $3.5 million. Just a couple days earlier, people had packed a theater in Boston to hear him, paying well over $100 per seat. On that day, his concert netted him about $32, mostly from sympathy. When he finished, there was no applause, no standing ovation, nothing to acknowledge the magnificent talent that had just been on display. Then the music stopped. The violin uh, went back into its case, and the master walked away. No one noticed, no one recognized, no one valued. I wonder uh, this evening if we'd be honest and really think if that sidewalk scenario possibly plays out in our lives. It sure did in this particular passage of Scripture. In Mark chapter 6, the Bible says Jesus left part of the country, uh, 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 that part of the country, and returned with his disciples to Nazareth his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended, and they refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Now, as I share this thought, let me say the point again. Honor unlocks the possibilities of heaven. Where there's little honor, there's little power. Where there's much honor, there's much power. And when you begin to recognize who God is in your life, and when you honor his word, and you honor his people, and you begin to arise in faith, then everything begins to change in your one and only life. It was only a few chapters later, in Mark chapter 10, where there was a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming, but he did not allow familiarity to breed contempt, which is often said. Familiarity only breeds contempt in the heart of the dishonorable. But he had a heart of honor. He had a heart of belief. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that Jesus came to him in verse 51 and said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. And he said, well, I want to see. And Jesus said, go for your faith has healed you. When you honor and unlocks the possibilities of heaven. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 5, honor your father and mother, then you'll live a long and full life. And Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with your wealth, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow. In other words, he will, he will bless you and prosper you, but you have to honor first to experience an open heaven in your life. Honor qualifies you to enter any future that God has for your life. Number three, honor as sowing a seed, never with strings attached. 
When you turn to begin to think about honor and say, you know what, I don't want to treat people in a dishonorable way. I don't want to dishonor God's word. Man, I want, to, I want to take my life to that next level because honor elevates. When you begin to think about honor and think about how you treat people and all these things, you need to be very careful because here's what can happen. As your awareness of honor goes up, it's easy to fall into the trap of keeping score. In the Bible, we see David said to King Saul, he said, as surely as I have honored you, may you honor me. Is that what he said? That's not what he said at all. He said, as surely as I have honored you, may the Lord, everybody say the Lord. Come on, out loud together. Everybody say the Lord. May the Lord honor me. See, you, you need to understand that, that, that we don't honor to get something in return from someone else. We honor because it's a kingdom principle. And when we do that, we know that, that God will bless us. It doesn't necessarily come through that person. If you walk out of here tonight and say, you know what, I want to live a life of honor. I'm going to, I'm going to begin sowing honor and encouraging and lifting up and speaking blessing over other people. That's amazing. You may go in uh, on Monday uh, into the office or the place where you work and say, I'm going to honor my boss, and then step back and say, okay, I'm waiting for that promotion. Can I encourage you? That's not how it works. When you decide to be a person of honor, you just make a decision that, hey, you know what? I'm sowing a It's not so much about that other person. It really has to do with you and your own heart. I want to encourage you to make a decision. Don't honor with expectations of receiving in return. Honor as a seed and be a blessing to the people around you. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, it's not good to eat too much honey, and it's not good to seek honor for yourself. Number four, honor in agreement and in disagreement. You can honor someone for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. A number of years ago, I was in Bible college, just a few years ago, and uh, I was... Uh, uh, in my freshman year, and there was a gentleman, a, a, a really good man, who was from my home church in Center County, and he had pastored a church in Philadelphia. He reached out to me. He knew I was in Bible college, sort of near Philadelphia at Valley Forge, and he said, I'd like to talk to you about being our youth pastor. And I said, well, you know, I can't, I can't do that because I'm traveling with the basketball team and, and all those different things, but uh, I'd be happy to help you how I, however I can, and uh, it just I won't be there most weeks. I thought I was really clear about what I had communicated, but I was, I was about to find out, I guess I wasn't. So I decided to come and visit his church one day. I said, well, I'll come and visit. I'd love to meet some people. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can. And, and when I went, somewhere along the line, our wires must have gotten crossed. And uh, at the, towards the end of the service on that, that, that bright, sunny afternoon, he said, hey, everybody, I want to introduce you to someone. Sammy Masteller, would you stand up? Sammy's our new youth pastor. Come on, give Sammy a hand. We're great to have him here today. And I stood up, and I looked around like, hey, I guess I'm the new youth pastor. At that moment, I kind of, it was really awkward. I didn't know what to do except pretend that I was the new youth pastor. And I had met some of the kids afterwards and said hi to everybody. And, and he said, I'll see you next week. And I said, I, I doubt it. And I went, I went from that moment, and I waited until I knew he wasn't going to be there. And I left a voicemail and said, hey, man, I can't be your youth pastor. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm not going to come back, but thanks for the opportunity <laughs> or the short employment. Can you send the check, to? I'm just teasing. And I thought that was it. We are in disagreement. So I didn't go out of my way to honor him. 
I learned a valuable lesson that I've had to relearn many times in my life. That when God gives you a test, when you fail it, He's so gracious, He's so good, He's so amazing, He'll give you another opportunity to take it. I was home a few months later at my home church and uh, just happened to be home from college. Wasn't home very often. On that particular day, uh, the, the pastor of that church just happened to be off from his church in Philadelphia and happened to be in the same service sitting on the other side of the room. I sat there the entire morning thinking, you know what, I'm so irritated that this happened. Then I began to realize, well, you know what, maybe it wasn't his fault, maybe it was my fault, but either way, I need to honor him. The end of that service, I walked up to him and I said, I just got to apologize to you. I'm really sorry, I'm not sure what happened, and we had that discussion. It wasn't easy, it was uncomfortable, but I learned something that if you want to live a life of honor, you have to figure out how to honor people even when you're not in agreement. Even when they're drinking the haterade and they don't like you. Even when they disagree with you on Facebook. Come on, somebody. Wave the hanky. You know I'm preaching good now. <laughs> even when, even when uh, they, they made comments about you or whatever, you just learn to be a person of honor. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 19, it's one of the principles of the kingdom of heaven, that if you ask for anything in, in uh, the Lord's name, that our Father God will do it for you, but it's if you're in agreement. There's a power that happens in agreement. James 3, verse 9 and 10 says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. You and I are called to be different than anybody else. We're not called uh, to expose uh, people and to hate on them and condemn them and judge them. We're called to love them, to encourage them, to speak to their destiny, to breathe life into them, to cover over their weakness and be a person that would bring honor back into that situation in that circumstance. <laughs> Ephesians 4 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So let's recap for a few moments. Honor will elevate. Dishonor will deteriorate. Honor unlocks the possibilities of when we, honor, uh, when we honor our Heavenly Father, when we honor His Word, and we choose to live a life of honor, miracles begin to show up on a regular basis. Make a decision that you're going to honor, that you're going to do so as sowing a seed. When you treat someone else as if they're irreplaceable, when you treat someone else as if they are a Rembrandt or a Picasso or made in the image of Almighty God, when you speak about them and encourage them and bless them, you're not looking for something back from them. You're not, you're not doing it as a form of manipulation, but you're sowing a seed knowing that that seed will sow up in your future as you honor God. Make a decision tonight that you're going to honor when you're in agreement with something and you're going to honor when you're in disagreement with something. Something, your, your circumstance and situation will not change your heart. You're a person of honor. You're a person of integrity. You're a person of character. And you're going to speak blessing in every environment in which you find yourself. Now, here's the, the last thought that I told you we were going to begin with. And that's honor up, honor down, and honor. Let's try it again. Honor up, honor down, honor. And so let's talk about it for a few moments. 
when we honor up, we honor up to our Heavenly Father. The reason our culture is a culture of, uh, of dishonor is because we've replaced God and we feel like there's no standard. We do whatever is right in our own eyes. But when you honor the Word of God, it's not based on your opinion or your feeling. It's based on something that's much greater and more powerful than you are. And you say, God, I'm going to honor you. And so that determines how you live your life, that we honor God uh, with our hearts, not just our lips. The Bible encourages us to honor God with our bodies. It tells us to honor God with our finances. And when we honor up, there's a blessing that comes. We're encouraged to honor down. We honor down to our parents. Honor your father and mother. We honor down to our spouse. The Bible says, husbands, give honor to your wives. We honor to grandparents and elderly. The Bible says stand up in the presence of elderly. Uh, they're not leftovers. They're not too old. They're not, they're, they're not just you know, someone to be discarded. They're, they're someone to be esteemed and honored and revered and learned from uh, so that we can grow into the people that God has called us to be. The Bible teaches us to honor those in authority. It says honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And then the Bible teaches us to honor all around. Honor all around. Romans 12, 10, I want to read this again to you. It says, love one another with a genuine or a brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. How are you doing with honoring other people? How are you doing with honoring your family right now? Honoring your spouse, honoring your children, honoring your roommates, how are you doing at the workplace when everybody else is, is just uh, all upset and, and, and talking about why they didn't get a raise and, and so-and-so got off early and he, we didn't and this happened and I don't like this place and everybody's leaving, blah, 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 right? You make a decision to say, you know what, I don't speak Wynese. I'm a child of the Most High God. I speak things that are a blessing. I am prophesying my future. And so I'm blessing this place. I'm blessing my boss. I'm blessing my wife. I'm blessing my children. They've been disobedient. Their head's spinning around spitting green stuff. I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, an unholy spirit, I think, has got a hold of them. But I'm going to bless them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to speak life into them because I'm a person of honor. And I'm bringing it back in my life, in my hour in this generation, in this nation, I will be that person. Sorry, I just got excited. Romans 13, 7 says, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe him respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. You know, my son uh, turned 16 uh, last year, and I was thinking about a rite of passage, what I wanted to do to uh, help teach him how to become a young man of honor. And uh, so I was going to Washington, D.C., and uh, it was a, a business trip, and I was going to be uh, just in the area and also at the Bible Museum. So I said, we'll go and we'll check out the Bible Museum. And, and, uh, but I want to not only do that, I want to I do something else. And so my father is a uh, veteran of the Vietnam War, and uh, my dad's an amazing man. Uh, he came to Christ uh, when I was two years old, eight years after uh, he served in Vietnam. Uh, he served two tours. He killed a lot of people. He had a lot of friends die. It uh, has had a big impact on his life and our family uh, as a result and many different struggles since then. 
Uh, but when he came to know Jesus, he got uh, just incredibly set free. Uh, all the drugs, alcohol, all the hatred, all those things were gone, literally in a moment. And uh, it was a powerful, powerful thing. And so I said, Dad, I want to I take uh, Caleb and I want to talk to him about honor and not only what you've done, but I want to go and I want to find some of your friends on the, on the Vietnam Memorial at the wall. And so we got out late and we finally figured out, I couldn't figure out how to do Uber because we don't have that Amish land. Amish Uber is different. And so we finally, I asked someone that was younger than me, and they're like, you know, looking at me like, you're old. And, uh, and so they helped me out. So we got an Uber, and we finally made it to the Vietnam Memorial, and it was dark outside. I think there might be some pictures that are there. And I called my dad, and I said, Dad, uh, give me some names to look for. He said, I want you to look for a name, Larry Porter. Now, I'd been to the Vietnam Memorial one other time. And uh, I was there with my father when I was young, but we never made it past the entrance as he was sobbing and broke down and we had to leave. Uh, and he said, I I've always wanted to go back after all these years, but I haven't been back. I said, well, we're going to go back for you. I'll find, uh, I'll find the name, I'll find the picture, and we'll pray a prayer over this guy's uh, family. We're going to show him some, some, uh, some honor. And, and we, I said that because of the story that he shared. He said, the guy's name is Larry Porter. Larry was a good friend of mine. He was from Ohio, and, and Larry, uh, uh, in a firefight, uh, we, he explained it was dark. There were so many different things that were happening, and there was someone that broke through the line and came and went to shoot my father. And Larry j jumped in front of the bullet, and he died in my dad's arms. And I said, we're going to go find his name, and we did, and, and, and I circled that, and I took a picture of it, and I sent it to my dad, because uh, he just, it, it, it's too much for him to go. And I told my son, I said, listen, you need to understand something, son. I said, this man literally gave his life so that your grandfather could live. I said, your grandfather didn't know Jesus. And this, I don't know where this man was and just his walk with God and all those different things. I said, but because he gave his life, I was born, you were born, and thousands and thousands of people have come to know Jesus because of that sacrifice. It's an honor. So understand, when you're living this life and you're going on and you're doing all these things, that someone actually paid a heavy and high price so that you can enjoy the days in which you have. I began to think about other things of honor, and I told my son, I have a, a little Bible here. It's, a, it's just a, a little tiny one, and you can kind of see on the front, it's, it's a, little, uh, a little hole that's here. And if you were to take a look at it, there's about two-thirds of the way through the Bible, uh, there's a hole in, uh, this, in this particular little Bible. This Bible was sent by a man who was uh, connected to uh, my parents. Uh, he was a Sunday school teacher. He wanted to do something to be a man of honor and to demonstrate love. And he found out that my father was in Vietnam. And so he went ahead and he bought a Bible and he wrote him a note and he said, this is for you. My dad hated God. My dad was not a follower of Jesus at all. But he got this Bible and he was scared, alone, young, and there was just war happening all around him. He took that Bible and he put it right in his pocket, right, uh, right here. And uh, he went out, and he, in the midst of fighting, shrapnel came. That shrapnel came, and it should have went right through his chest into his heart and ended his life. 
But because a man decided, he, uh, just a Sunday school teacher probably thought, no big deal, I'm just trying to be nice. He said, I'm going to do what I can do to be a person of honor. And he sowed a seed. Maybe it cost him a few dollars. Maybe it took him a little bit of time. Uh, he had to go to the post office and, and fill it out and get it sent all the way to Vietnam. But that Bible was ordained by God. That Bible would save my father's life. And then about eight years later, it would forever change his life. And it happened because so Someone made a decision that they were going to live a life of honor. They looked out and said, you know what? I'm going to honor up. I'm going to honor down. I'm going to honor all around. And in every moment, every opportunity, and every season of my life, I'm going to do what I could do. I want to encourage you tonight. You may think that what you are doing doesn't mean a lot, that it doesn't make a big impact. You, you wonder what that seed is worth. I can tell you what this seed was worth. I can tell you what Larry's life was worth. And I can tell you uh, how much God loves you and wants to use your life. And if you'll make a decision that you're going to become a person of honor, that you're going to treat the people in your world as if they're irreplaceable, that you're going to treat the Word of God not as if it's optional, but you're going to honor it, then I'm telling you, you're going to make a much bigger difference in this world than you ever thought possible, and heaven will tell the story. I want to invite you, and I want to encourage you, and, and, and I want to challenge you. It's time for you to impact the generations through a simple action of obedience, and that is honor. Honor. So I'm going to ask uh, you, I don't know if you normally do this, but if you'd stand with me as we close, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I want to just pray with you. For everybody uh, that's here, we'll just, just take a moment, bow your heads and close your eyes. I'd like to give you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If your heart stopped beating in the next couple of minutes, are you at peace with God? Do you know where you would spend eternity? If not, tonight I'd love to pray with you. I'm not here to condemn you or judge you. I'm here to help you find a new beginning. And I know this comes from a personal relationship with Jesus. In just a moment, if you're not at peace with God, if you need forgiveness or you need to rededicate your life, maybe you're a Christian and you need to recommit your life and you need a fresh start, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I can't think of a better time to get on the right path, the road to victory the road to honor, than right now. The good news is that God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. Your sins have already been forgiven. All you have to do is accept the free gift of Jesus, Jesus Christ's salvation. He purchased your freedom when he died on a cross in your place and in mine. In your thoughts right now, the enemy will tell you, you know what, do it next week. Do it another time. Listen, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Well, Sam, it's embarrassing to lift my hand in front of all these people. Jesus said, if you won't be ashamed of me before people, then I won't be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. I want to give you a great opportunity to show God that you're not ashamed of him. If you're not at peace with the Lord tonight, if you need forgiveness, you need mercy and grace, if you need to rededicate your life, you need a fresh start, I want to encourage you to be bold, to take a step of faith, and to lift your hand right now, wherever you may be. I see your hand. God bless you. Anybody else? I see your hand as well. God bless you in the back. God, come on, some of church. Come on, give them a hand as they're raising their hands. If that's you, come on. Uh, 
If that's you, just raise your hand up. Come on, keep clapping for him. Keep clap, clapping for him. If that's you, man, I want to give you another opportunity. You need to get right with God tonight. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. I want to encourage you. I don't want to leave you out. It's so easy. It's so easy. We're going to call on the name of the Lord. We're proud of you, and I know that angels are beginning to rejoice in heaven. And I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me, to pray a prayer in faith. And as you pray this prayer, uh, from a heart recognizing your need of a Savior, your past will be forgiven, your future will be secure. Would you pray this prayer out loud with me? Everyone together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who responded tonight? I'm going to encourage you. Pastor Mel is going to come. I'm going to encourage you to be a part of this amazing church. If you're online and you live in the area, church is not on a screen. It's connected to people. And if you're able to get out, then come on out this weekend and, and, and make a decision to be planted here. Can I encourage everyone that's here tonight? Let's make a decision. I'm going to do my best by God's grace. I'm going to invite you to do that as well. Let's make a decision to be people of honor. That we honor up, we honor down, and we honor all around. Because we're the people of God. And we're bringing honor back. That's the key to your life going to the whole nother level. Do you receive the word tonight? Come on, can we give Jesus praise one more time? <laughs>